It's a rare condition. It's called AIDS. When Mackie Johnson got it, we all thought he was gay. If there is a cure, it'd be from God's design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic cure inside those deep state walls. Cause all I see are medical fees. My whole family's victim to HIV. We relive horrible times, but make hilarious memories. We're consciously monetizing our traumas and our friendship. We also talk about smart guy stuff sometimes. We know the show's got a stupid name. Welcome to Always Very Always. Hello, welcome back to Always Very Always, episode 8. I'm just cutting in here to say that Dantes will be back next week. I guarantee you, I got the monster reborn, so he will be on the podcast again. He will be back next week. Uh, we could talk about why he hasn't been on in a while on uh, the next week's episode, but that's then. Uh, now is now. In this episode, I got you this great, uh, very detailed I think a pretty fun story uh, about a bus ride from seemingly hell that I took to uh, New Orleans to Lafayette. So hopefully you find it entertaining. And uh, I thank you so much for bearing with my uh, solo stupidity on the podcast for the past couple weeks. Because I know y'all really here to see two dudes just hang out and have a good time and it's been me by myself and i think i did a competent job but i know you want your boys back so next week it'll be me and dantes once again but this will be the last episode of me doing this by myself and hopefully uh, hopefully you enjoy it and uh yeah just thank you for listening and uh yeah enjoy the episode uh i would like to talk about what this what this episode is named after the mega bus that I took that was sponsored by Maroon's Dagon. So this is this is a tale that just living through it, seeing what I saw, hearing what I heard on this mega bus trip. It it didn't like change the course of my life, but it showed me it just showed me how ridiculous people can be. Like any absurd comedic book that you're thinking like, I don't know. I don't know if y'all read a lot of comedic novels or whatever. Uh, but, you know, I'm a big comedy fan. I like comedy in all its forms. And no matter how absurd they try to make a, like, a human situation, I couldn't imagine making what I saw more absurd. And since I'm not the best storyteller, I know I'm not. I'm going to fuck up in just the retelling of this because something that happened three years ago. But, hey, I'm, I'm going to tell it anyways. So in 2018 through 2019, I lived in Lafayette, uh, Louisiana for a year because I attended UL Lafayette. I lived on campus, lived in the dorm. Shitty situation. I I hated it there. I went to UL Lafayette because uh, my friends were there. Uh, Dantes, like a dozen other of my friends from high, high school were there. And uh, so I'm like, hey, I don't really have any particular ambition 
uh, at the time. I just know I just wanted to be creative and I felt like, hey, I'm, I want to be a YouTuber anyway. So it doesn't really matter what degree I get. Um, I was wrong to have that mentality back then because like the YouTube went absolutely nowhere. Well, fucking failure in that uh, in that sense. Um, fuck. But whatever. I was there from like June 2018. Uh, I started like my first semester in college. It was technically the summer semester. So I went that I hung out with Dantes the entire uh, semester. Certain, certain things happened between the summer and the fall that were Dantes had to drop out of UL. So I spent like I spent like the whole fall semester just by myself because I didn't reconnect with any of my other friends from high school. I'm just on, I'm just on this pretty pretty sizable campus by myself um just alone ambling about most days taking like long walks in the park listening to flower boy and frank ocean that's how i spent most of my days i would say and it was like a pretty depressing time but it was the most pleasant place to be depressed because it's like they had a nice big park they had good nature there they had a lot of abandoned like streets that had like businesses on them, but no one ever went to the businesses. It it was it was some rural town ass shit. Where like, how does the economy of the city work? How did all these small businesses and office spaces when I don't see any, never see any cars parked in front of them? But whatever, it made perfect places for me like to ask, hang out and and just listen to music and walk around the city all day uh and i walked all over lafayette because i didn't have a car i just walked everywhere and just all about it was like one day i walked from like one side of the fucking town to the other maybe not completely but i walked for like seven hours straight um and i was trying to see how far i could go in three and a half hours and walk my way back home it was actually a pretty interesting interesting day if you ever had like the time and the fortitude to do something like that because if you're walking on the highway there's no there's no chance of any of any crime happening to you i mean there might be a chance someone spending out and running over you but yeah whatever at that, at that time i wouldn't have mind to get fucking ran over by a car but you know the fall semester comes and goes there's a lot of ups there's a lot of downs academically i mean academically i was on the dean's list but there was a group project in particular i remember taking my broadcasting class where i didn't show up to like a group presentation and they ended up getting like a my my partner ended up getting like a c on it oh ooh, whoa isn't that a parallel i I betrayed and abandoned my radio partner and uh and yeah Something like that. Uh, he That guy was pretty mad at me, too. And I told him, yeah, my anxiety was acting up. And he was like, oh, your anxiety, huh? And he, he kept, every time I saw him, for like the next six months, he kept held, holding that against me. Because I was a fucking bitch for saying that and doing that. Um, but whatever. We can talk about We can touch on that a different day. But, you know, the, obviously in the college semester is like December 6th, like it's the first week. I may start, it's the part of the second week of uh, 
December is when like it ends. Uh, and they kick you out of dorms around Christmas time and whatnot, I believe. So I had to spend uh, a week uh, with my mom and sister back at uh, mom's house. So I didn't have really a, a, a problem with that, I suppose. Um, so I booked a, a mega bus since my mom didn't want to drive me. I didn't have a car. You had to book a mega bus, I think, like two weeks in advance to go from Lafayette to New Orleans. And the mega bus drive was like four hours long, which uh, I guess makes sense because they make a lot of stops or whatever. But, uh, you know, I go to the train station in Lafayette and it felt very, it was a very odd vibe about it. It felt like the train station felt, looked like it was built in like 1850. And there's like a bus coming to a train station on it. I don't even think I don't even know if a train ever fucking passed through Lafayette. I mean, probably, but it was like a bunch of bus lining up at a train station. I go, I go there, I hang out, and it just seems something about it seemed very poor to me. Like this shit is for poor people, and I guess I never realized it in that sort of way before. But, uh, but I get on the bus, and then you know the the bus ride to New Orleans was perfectly fine. I go to the, the big bus slash train station in New Orleans, take a nice little get an Uber, get an Uber to my mom's place. The first thing I hear when I get into the Uber is fucking Fox News, Sean Hannity, like Russia, Russia, Russia. Everybody's talking about it. New documents have been released showing that Putin has a small dick, but all their conflicting reports saying that he does have big balls. And uh, I was like, OK. So I was, uh, I didn't really want to get in the conversation with the guy who's listening to Fox News as like a, as like a serious, like unironic thing because it's like, come on, man, listen, listen to some country music or something. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. Um, so I go to my mom's place. It's, it's, it was my, my mom, since I left, left yet, moved into my great grandmother's house. Um, this is, it's a nice house. It's the only house that uh, I think I've ever lived in that my family, my my mom's sister, like, ever had for ourselves. We lived in the house before, but we were living with our, well, I was living with my grandparents. Uh, and I was like, it felt good to be home with, like, the only people on this earth that I'm, like, in tune with. That is, there's not, like, this inherent baseline level of conflict with. That there's not, um... Like any animosity, it's like we're happy to see each other again. We're hanging out. My mom's cooking up some good shit. Don't you remember we went? We, the first thing I think we did first day, like let's go to Walmart. Let's get some good food. Let's get some good eats, and we got good eats. What, what I remember in particular is getting a big fucking party bag, party size bag of M Ms, and like slowly grazing them, grazing off the M Ms for like eight days. Um, just having them on the side of the couch, eating them real American stuff, eating, eating out of my, my, my feed bag of M&Ms watching baseball, not baseball, watching a uh, football and uh, a little bit of basketball and just in, enjoying that. Hey, and the food network. Cause, uh, I guess I never really brought this up before. Cause it's not really relevant. It's such a fucking minor relevant detail for someone to fucking remember. But I didn't have cable for like, for like a decade at that point. So it was a treat to like, oh shit, I'm I'm coming back. I'm sort of living a life now. We 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 glowed up. We doing well, baby. We've got a house. We got cable. 
the cat doing well. My sister got a tablet. She drawing. She got a little little bamboo pad. She drawing shit. She whipping it. She, she, you know. My mom, she got the same job, but they giving her a raise. We coming up in the world. We not even close to food stamp uh, territory like we used to be like 12 years before that. Um. So, yeah, I spent that week. I don't remember in vivid detail, but I just remember having a good time. Joking around, playing games with my sister, watching guys' grocery games, watching the Saints, like, let me think. I think the Saints did finish the season strong. I think that's the season they went, like, did they go 13-3 and or 14-2? and They did good. That's the year that they end up going to the playoffs, seeing the Rams in the NFC. Let's not even talk about it. Let's not even go there right now. That's a trauma. That's we gonna we gonna wait a month for that trauma. Talk about that bullshit again. Anyways, um, wait, was that? Yeah, that was that year. Anyways, um, where was I? So you know, obviously, when I booked the Mega Bus to New Orleans, I I, met, I booked the Mega Bus. You know, at the same time to go back to Lafayette. So, the week goes by. Mom drives me back to the bus station. I'm waiting. But my my little luggage or whatever got a little leftovers in my in my thing. Got the got the half of like the party size bag still. There's so many. They got so many M and M's in that party size bag. It's like this could feed like three parties. I still had half of that. Although I was grazing the whole week, so that was in that was in there too. And uh, anyways. I there was no drama necessarily happening at the at the New Orleans bus station. There might have been a couple people getting angry because they got in the wrong line for the wrong bus and say, "Oh, uh, uh-uh, this is some fucking bullshit." Y'all told me get in this line. This is bus thirty three. I was told this is bus thirty eight. So let me skip in the other line then. If you're gonna bullshit me with this line, let me skip in the other line. You know stuff like that. But you know I get on I get on the bus. And apparently this bus is coming all the way from Atlanta. People cause coming off of it and they finally and they they're always like, girl, I'm ready. I'm so happy to be home. That sort of stuff. The relief of finally being off that because I had to be like a fucking 12 hour bus ride. All the stops they make between Atlanta and and uh, I'm pretty sure no one from Atlanta wants to stop anywhere between New Orleans and Atlanta. That's probably not much there for either of those demographics but anyways i get on get on the bus i got my little spot and you know i got the m&m's on i'm still grazing on nose while i'm on the bus but uh who was i sitting next to i don't think i really had that many people on the bus at that time so i wasn't sitting next to nobody i'm out here listening to my favorite bits from the the chapel trap house because i found that pack Found out about that podcast around that time, around that semester. I'm I'm listening to that. I'm listening to to music after that, and I'm just having a good time. It's a fine ride. It's a fine ride at the first the first little leg of the journey. We make. Uh, we make. I think our first stop. It probably was like ninety. You know, because the bus is going slower than a regular car. So it took us like maybe 90 minutes to get in Baton Rouge where it normally would take. I feel like it takes 50 minutes to get there if there's no traffic. And you could really like, you know, pedal to the metal of that shit. 
when we get to the Baton Rouge uh, bus station, the guy was like, the bus driver was like, we're going to take a half an hour stop, you know, go pee-pee, go poo-poo, go eat-eat. Well, call people got a couple ideas. One person went beat-beat on somebody else's wife. Let me say that again. So after, let me, I get off the bus. And I bring all the stuff, my carry-on stuff with me because I don't trust people to not steal my beautiful 3DS with all the Pokemon games up to that point on it. Well, all the available games on the 3DS that was on it. The Gen 1, the Gen 2 with the full Pokedex with a couple shinies on there. Ain't nobody touching that. Um, What else? What else? What else? So I go in the bathroom with my little weenie out. You know, PP. I was like, I got a kind of poo-poo, but we ain't poo-pooing today. We ain't poo-pooing today. I hold it in, and I'm hearing oohs, eyes as I'm walking out the bathroom. And there's this large crowd. In this bus station, there has to be something like uh, like 200 people. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it looked like the crowd at like a... There was... Hmm, how can I say this? Like a, a good indie show, a good indie wrestling show, a couple hundred people in the crowd. Except instead of watching two two indie legends battle it out, there were seeing this is like a, a backyard wrestling fight when someone gets angry. So they start actually doing doing moves and drawing people on their heads and stuff. I walk out. I see a grown-ass man who looks like 6'4", a skinny 6'4", dude, just wailing, going to fucking town and country on some on some lady. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. What's the psychology? What's the storytelling of this match? And I'm like, this guy's just beating his wife? I don't understand. Why everyone just sitting here looking at this? And you might be like, oh, why you ain't do nothing? Because I'm pussy, guy. I, come on, what am I, I going to do? I think I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you now. Um, that's not totally the reason. There was me and two hundred people. Like the bathroom is on the exact opposite side of the building from me, and since I'm taller than everyone else, I can see what's happening all the way over there. But you know, there's also like a hundred fifty people between me and the in the conflict, so I really can't get over there. And one thing turns to another, and I hear people started talking. Like, oh, shit, there's a third, there's a third person, another dude, and he's like, stop beating my bitch, stop beating my fucking bitch, and he doesn't, he doesn't, like, uh, like, get in to, like, fight the guy, he just, like, breaks it up, because, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why, he breaks it up, and then very quickly, I guess, like, a, a couple of bus drivers had to break it up because there's no security at the bus station apparently in Baton Rouge. Um, and you had all types of people. It wasn't all poor people, lower class people from Lafayette or Baton Rouge or any of Southern Louisiana. It was all types of people. There's like a businesswoman there, like a black businesswoman sort of deal. Uh, and she was like, "Oh, uh, uh-uh. uh," and she just took her. She took her bags and just walked outside. I, I ain't getting the middle of this. Somebody about to get shot and ain't about to be me. That was her body language. She didn't say that. She probably didn't sound like that either because she was a black businesswoman. She knew how to, you know, black men code switch. Black women, they, 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 
they have a phase. It's like a it's like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. There's a metamorphosis. They have whatever they're like people around them sound like as a kid. And then they see, oh, if I want to make it in this business world, the serious world, I'm going to have to take that code. And now I'm about to switch it on and off throughout my life. I'm taking it. And now it's me. That code is now hard coded into the way I, I talk. So get rid of that. You know, that was that was Latanya version one. But version two update, we, we getting rid of that old Tanya completely. We getting a whole new system. I got a whole new code. I'm talking like I'm, I, I was raised in, you know, a higher circumstance. I'm one of the good black people that these white businessmen can trust. Um, you know, that's the psychology. Are they right or they wrong for doing it? Um, that's not for me to decide. I'm just an observer. I'm a neutral observer. I'm a storyteller. And uh, I'm a person who captures the human experience in all of its beautiful forms and shades. So I'm not making passing any judgment for people doing this right or wrong on anything. Maybe that guy was right for beating the shit out of that woman. Maybe those people, all those 200 people were right for just sitting there and let it happen. Um, maybe that person was right in uh, shoplifting a couple bags of chips and all the commotion. Uh, but hey, that's for you to decide, not me. That's for you to pass judgment on, not me. But anyways, um... What's another aspect of this? Before, before we get back on the bus, what's another aspect that I saw here? Um, I do go, since we were there for half an hour, the fight gets broken up and I hear whispers or whatever. So apparently that woman was the third person's girl, right? Because he said, don't touch my bitch, don't touch my bitch. And maybe there, because I couldn't ask anybody about this. It seemed like no one really knew what was going on. So what I surmised out of it is that the first guy who was beating up the woman either cheated on him in the past or cheating on him right now. And it just got physical. He solved this altercation physically in front of like 200 witnesses instead of just because it was an argument at first. I did hear like yelling, but I was in the bathroom, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But just some sort of disagreement, some sort somebody wronged somebody. The the obviously the man who made it physical felt like he got wronged. Was I was the person who got wronged first by the woman? Did it warrant a beat down on that woman? Them going fist to fist on it? I don't know. I can't tell you. Again, I'm just an observer. I'm just a fucking observer. Um but my problem was with that is like like the stand by under the stand by me effect. What's it called? The stand biter. Wait, the stand biter, the bystander. That's what it is. The bystander effect uh, was in full effect there. And I feel like that's such a bullshit. Like uh, to me, like that's not that's like the sociology behind that is like, oh, somebody else is going to do something. Um, But for me, that's not. It applies and it does in this situation because like you're choosing to be a coward. And like you're choosing to be a bystander because you're a coward. Instead of being like, oh, I I don't have the ability to do it. like this one thing if someone's like, oh, I got a heart attack. Is there a doctor on the plane? Like it's not the buy. It's not the or someone's like yelling fire or something from a window. It's like, well, I'm not a fireman. Somebody else going to do that. I can understand that. 
the psychology of the bystander effect to me is like, well, somebody else is going to handle it. So I don't have to do it. It's not. Well, that is a problem that I could fix, but I'm not going to do it because I'm a little bitch. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Maybe it's just all the same thing. Uh, I go into the uh, little cafeteria slash uh, corner store area inside the bus station. See if they have any good treats. They have shit in there. They're selling burgers and hot dogs. But I'm not, I'm not going to eat a burger on a bus. Although, you know, I'm taking an RTA for four years, you know, in New Orleans. There's a lot of people eating plates and then getting mad while they spilled something and then not picking it up. So I don't want to be one of those folks who do that on the bus. But uh, after that horrific 30 minutes of like there was continued arguments and yelling, but I don't remember that in, in detail. I get back on the bus. Get back uh, on the bus. And now this is this older man is next to me. I'm like, OK, cool. No, that was a stop. That was the next stop. But anyway, at this stop, though. Uh, there was this woman who's been on the bus since New Orleans, and there was this guy who got on, got on this bus to Lafayette in Baton Rouge at that stop. And I, before the bus takes off, the bus driver didn't get back on yet. He was still getting ready to do the next like little leg of the journey. So there's like 10 minutes or so before he got back on while I'm on the bus and while these other people are on the bus. And there was this woman sitting in her little seat, had her bag right next to her. You know, they, she, there wasn't enough people on for it to be two to a seat yet. So she had a little bag next to her. She was on her phone. And there's a person uh, that sat, a man who sat right in front of her. And, you know, he started engaging. He turns around and started engaging in conversation with this person who was a stranger. I was listening very intently to this conversation because, you know, I had nothing better to do. I half asked one to go in the bathroom and beat off right quick. It was not because of that. Just unrelated. I hadn't beat off in quite some time at that point. So I'm like, man, could I really get away with beating off in the fucking in the bathroom? Probably not. I had a, I always had a fear. Like, cause I did a mega bus, I think, a couple times before and after that, that like I would uh like the bus would turn and I would fall out of the bathroom. Uh, like my dick out. So I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to risk it. Um, but anyways. Two were talking. I got a little gas here. Mm, 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 mm. Sorry about that. Got a little gas in my mouth. But anyways, the two were talking and one thing turned to another. They're introducing each other themselves to each other. And the guy says, yeah, I just got, you know, I just got out of prison. You know, I don't got a phone or nothing right now. So can I use yours? And the girl was like. Oh, okay. Here you go. And you know he uses the phone. He texts whoever, and then he's like, "Oh, let me get your number too, though." And the girl was like, "Huh?" Like, "Yeah, let me get. Come on, you know, let me get your number right quick." It was like, "Oh, okay." And then they start talking about stuff. This nine third was happening in the news, and it's just some random woman, from what I'm summarizing, because they didn't know each other beforehand. That's the way it seemed in the conversation. And then he brings it up like again. Oh, but wait, before before, you know, you put your earphones in, let me get your number, though. We could, you know, because we could talk some more about the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, and I want to get your number so we could do that and stuff. So the woman gets pressured into giving her phone number to this this ex-convict fresh out, fresh out of prison. 
Um, and that was that. And they were they were having a hard. This guy was forcing like horrific topics on the woman too. They're not talking about like this casual stuff or happening in politics. They're not talking about uh whatever was happening at the time. The midterms that just happened. They ain't talking about the pictures of, of Putin's penis like on Fox News. They were talking about. They were talking about. Oh yeah, they had this murder right here, and I was I wasn't witness to that, but I heard a little Tommy. You know, that's my nigga from back in the day. You telling me this, that, and third, and then the two days later, they had a reprisal shooting, killed my other nigga. You know, and but I didn't see that either because I was in jail. I was in prison at the time, and you know, I was trying to get my last little hits in. I was trying to get my last little hits in. And try to turn these cigarettes into some, you know, into some some real stuff on the outside. And, you know, I was moving my last little packages on the inside, you know, boost some shit. Then my thing. I, but there was like a third murder. Because, you know, my dudes, my dudes hit us. My, my dudes be hitting on some other, other shit. And we don't take, we don't think, oh, we take one of yours and you take one of ours. And then now we even not. I'm trying to get yours and one. And, you know, one of my dudes, I'm not ratting on nobody. I ain't saying nobody real name or nothing. But, you know, you seem cool, girl. You ain't going to rat on shit. And uh, I don't even care that everybody else hearing because they know they know I'm, I'm I'm fresh out. I'm on my real nigga shit anyway. So ain't nobody going to nobody going to fucking snitch or something. But anyway, my third my third header, he was like uh, fucking little, little Drake was hit. He hit him with, with the with the pump two times drive by in front of his fucking wife and kids. And we was happy about that because that nigga had it coming. Um, but yeah, what you doing? What's your phone number looking like? And the girl was like, uh, uh, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I ha- I feel like I need this, even though it's not my place, I feel the need to step in and do something right now because no one, Why? Cause we understand psychology here. He's fresh out of prison. He's probably been there for a little minute, and he needs a little. He needs a little guck guck, a little a little clap clap, you know. So, but he was forceful with. It. He's like the first woman I'm next to. I'm smashing, and that should be a part of like the what's it called halfway house. I guess maybe not every ex con goes through a halfway house sort of deal. Is that what that's for? Prisons, right? But that should be part of the program. You get out, there's like a woman. It's not prostitution, but there's like a dating program ran by the government. That's like, hey, we'll date next kind. It's not prostitution. It's not any of that. It's dates. It's relationships. It's meant to be some maybe you trying to find the one that's for you. People who are willing to date ex kind. That's probably that's probably already a site, but it should be guaranteed as a right as a U.S. citizen. That you get somebody who could, you know, you get just like a formal process to have maybe a relationship to see if anyone's interested in you, like a formal process for it, not to force anyone on you and not to force someone off the street to be with you. You know, it's not coercive or nothing, but we just try to link people up because, you know, a lot of women out here don't want an ex-con, especially not one that's fresh out. But some women don't mind. They're just looking for a man. They're looking for a tough guy and looking for a guy who maybe got a little baggage, but is willing to deal with it. Not these random struggling women who have to take mega buses just to drive to one town over. That's not the type of people 
that we need to be pressuring pe- pressuring to get in relationships with ex-cons. Um, they ex-cons the entire person who will suck their way to the next town if they don't have a car. You know, some real. My body is a tool to get what I want type bitches, you know, I think. But maybe maybe that ain't right. Maybe I'm down bad for saying something like that. Um, What's the next? What's the next thing? So the bus driver gets back on the bus. And we uh, the next stop. I'm trying to think because I, I did some research on trying to rem- like. I was like, I looked at a map to like jog my memory to think of like what town it was. And it was either Gross Teat or Gross Tete. I don't know how to pronounce it or Rosedale or Henderson, but some dog shit rural town in between Baton Rouge and Lafayette, which are also dog shit rural towns, but they're just bigger. Um, but apparently there was a development. That was happening that I didn't realize until after the stop. There was people up front. There was this couple up front, two two white folks, brunettes. Uh, they were with each other, and apparently the man was being like real aggressive and sort of abusive with his language or whatever. And people on the bus started talking. Like we, we finally got off the bus at. The, oh God, gas! Fuck! I shouldn't have ate that chili earlier today. But niggas out here struggling and fucking chilling was 50 cent. At the save a lot. But anyways. Um, so like they get off the bus at the gas station so the bus can refuel. We out for 20 minutes and people are talking on the bus. Yeah, I don't. That man. That man ain't right. He treating that lady all fucked up. Something gonna happen. Something gonna happen. And then. As that's happening, I, I'm looking at the couple. And he's like yanking her. He it's like Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth type shit being like real what's it called? Demandatory. Uh physical, like real commanding with her. And they keep debating, are we gonna get off here? Are we not? It's like, didn't you book this fucking bus like weeks in advance? How you have a, how are we confused at this point in the journey where we're we gonna get off? At which fucking shitty town we're gonna get off in? And they kept like debating and the man was like yelling at her being forced first so we getting off and the woman looked very scared she was like some oh shit something's about to happen right now um and it's kept developing and kept developing but i didn't really understand what's going on and the people who were paying attention this whole bus ride because i don't know when they got on they were like that girl in trouble that girl in trouble and there was no white woman on there that was like, oh, we might have to call the police because I don't. Something's about to happen. They're gonna get off, and something's about to happen. So, during that, uh, like that little gas station break, this all happened within twenty minutes. All this observations happened within this twenty minutes. You know, I go in, big long line. I think I get. I might have been dumb, even though I had a half bag of party size M and M's. I might have got another bag of M and M's just in case, just to get something. I guess. Um. But we still. By the time I I buy my stuff, and I'm hanging outside, I'm like, oh, people getting back on the bus, but this while it's still fueling up, so I might as well get back on the bus. Cause it look like it's about to rain. It's about to rain pretty hard. Um. 
So the woman gets back on that, that abused woman gets on the bus and a couple other women get on the bus and the women were like, but the man didn't go on the bus. He was still like in the gas station, probably shooting up in the bathroom. I don't know. They had, they had a very much fucking, uh, the main character and the, and the main character's girl from Lost in the Dam, but they were both the girl. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that, that probably doesn't fit. That, that that probably just confused you just now because that, that doesn't fit at all. Um, but anyways, the women on the bus like they used that time where the guy wasn't there. Say, just stay on the bus. We we we're here for you. We'll stand up to him. But if you stay on the bus, we could we could help you. We could protect you. Because, you know, this, that, and third. And I'm like, wow, something serious is about to happen. And then, you know, they talked to her for about five minutes. The bus driver's coming back. He's getting ready to go. And the man's like, come on. Come on, girl. We about to go. And the, and the woman, the couple of the women are looking at the girl like, you don't got to go. You could stay. And the girl goes anywhere. Doors close behind her. And it says, Oh my! And then uh, some girl, some white bitch in the front, like, "Oh my God, that girl about to be killed!" And uh, she was right. She, she's, she's probably. I mean, I checked the news for like the next couple of days of the area to see if anyone got murdered. I didn't see anything, but I didn't mean she didn't get abused, and and other things as well. Um. So that's another example, though. People were a little bit more aggressive, a little more assertive, a little more protective. But at the end of the day, you still let her go. You still you, you could have said, I mean, I guess to some degree, you can't be controlling what a grown adult people doing, especially strangers. But it's like at the end of the day, all your efforts are for not because you still let her go. To this person who was an obvious danger to you. I mean, to me, I didn't. I was at the back of the bus. Um. Because in the South, it's not pure. Like, people always talk about, oh, segregation is still basically here just through private means. Um, and what that, what partially what that means is that some of the bus companies, they don't make all the blacks sit in the back, but they have a designated black to sit in the back of every bus. I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll do that. Um, I'll, I'll be a designated black because, uh, you know, I am a revolutionary. I, I went to a Ho Chi Minh City. And uh, and Malcolm X University there, and I learned all the cool black stuff, black guy stuff to do. And uh, taking taking one for the team was one of the main tenets of Malcolm X's theories, and uh, and uh, all that good stuff. So, but anyways, uh, they just let her go, and uh, I don't know what happened to her. At least she didn't get murdered in the next three days, or at least her body didn't get found in the next three days. So no one knows. That was a stranger and freaks mission with not a happy ending. Uh, but we had uh, a guy got on board, though. I don't. I, it wasn't even like it was a gas station. It wasn't even a bus stop. But I remember pretty vividly that a guy came on board with me. Um, It was an older, older gentleman. And we start chatting it up. He was like a nice guy, personable guy. And he was like, hey, uh, you're a young guy. Uh, you you in school? What you doing? It's like, oh, I major in broadcast, and I go to UL and all this. And I was just visiting my family over the holidays. It was like, oh, that's that's fucking great. Uh, you know, I was visiting my family too over here in fucking Gross Teat slash Rosedale slash Henderson slash Bumfuck Nowhere. And I'm just going back. I'm taking this bus back to Beaumont right now. 
And uh, yeah, I work in the uh, I work in the electrification business and I electrify electricity and all this good stuff. I get on top of the thing and top of the pole and I'm like, hey, you got electricity now, folks. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. And he, it's a uh, key time more about that. So, well, yeah, it's a pretty simple job. It's dangerous, but it's pretty simple. I get I get these wires and, you know, usually the old process of making electricity we just get like a, a bunch of wild boars. This is how I do back and down the south. We got a bunch of wild boars and these giant uh, boar wheels, and they sprint and sprint and sprint, and that's how I generate the electricity. But nowadays, um, we're we're really ins- we're really inspired by a couple of, a couple of movies, and we got a we got a we got a couple of freestyle rappers, and I, I it was like it was the movie Eight Mile. We have an eight mile based system. And we have freestyle rappers and beatboxers, uh, you know, rapping beatbox to some wires. And that generates enough electricity for uh, most of the time in the South for the power not to go out. But if, if a single if even even if there's a tornado or a, a, a hard breeze, the power will go out um, and all this. And he said, but enough about me, enough about me. What, what, what's what's it like to be a broadcaster? And I was like, hey, I. I had an internship at a radio station. It seemed pretty cool, pretty easy. And uh, this, that, and the third. It's like, well, you seem like you got a good personality, don't you? you got a little bit of charisma. You got a good voice. I think you're gonna do just uh, you're gonna do just uh, gonna do fine, friend. Oh well, thank you, man. Thank you, man. And then we start talking about some other stuff, some family stuff. And it was like, you know what? I, I never got. I, I think my family got, got it all wrong about black people. Y'all are just like us, except y'all are about 25%, you know, less intelligent, I would say. And I was like, hey, man, let's not make it racial, but thank you. Thank you for saying it. You're an honest man. You're a good man. And, uh, you know, do your thing. Um, so I don't remember being him, being on the bus with him the whole time, but anyways, as we're talking, it gets darker and darker, not because it's becoming nighttime. It's like the middle of the day. I got on the bus like at eight and it might be like 11 or 12 now. It's getting dark because those heavy clouds are rolling in a thunderstorm, a thunderstorm starts and you've been living in Louisiana. You made this trip to Western Louisiana. Unless you took the southern road, but if you're on I-10, eventually you have to go over the, I think it's called the Atchafalaya Spillway or something, which is just this, it's this bridge, this extended like interstate that is like 20 feet above like the water normally. Like when, when the tide is low or when it's like a little bit, the swamp a little bit drier, the, it goes like 20 feet above the water or something like that. Uh, but when it's rain, when it's raining heavy and it's flooded and tides high, that water is coming up very close to the fucking bridge. Um, and it was windy, thunderstorm, and it's dark out. And I kind of had that fear. Normally, I would like on these spillways, the Bonnie Carey spillway is the other one that people really hate driving on. Um, and also the river is that is that the one that crosses. One of the spillways crosses the other basin. One crosses the Atchafalaya River and one crosses Lake Pontchartrain. Something like that. But those long winding 
fucking interstates with not that many lanes on it could be a little intimidating but when i'm on a bus i don't really get scared because like it's not like the wind is gonna knock us over and the bus driver he ain't trying to die he's a competent driver so unlike regular drivers who uh seemingly have a have a strong death drive upon them uh anyways it's raining hard so fucking hard. it's like it's raining harder than it did the last fucking year uh just heavy heavy stuff so by the time we get to Lafayette, we get to the bus stop, Lafayette is just flooded. Uh, I get to the bus station, I get out, I'm sitting, I'm sitting, I'm ordering the Lyft, because I use Lyft, not Uber. I call it an Uber, but I use Lyft, because Lyft is the one that is not uh, ran by the Ku Klux Klan or something, I don't remember. Uber's the one that's ran by like the Klan, and I think Uber actually killed George Floyd. I think that was the... I think something like that. And that's how I have to use Lyft. And why I always use Lyft. Um, so I was waiting. And at this time. I was fucking. I was listening. Probably for like the last. Like hour and 15 minutes. I was listening to a 30 minute loop. Of Armored Armadillo's theme from Mega Man X. While I was waiting. And I was just like. I was finally happy to be home, but it, was, it felt like it was so close, but so far away because the lift was taking forever. A couple people canceled. The water in the streets is getting higher and higher. The thunderstorm is getting heavier and heavier. And the flooding at this time, like on the street that I was on, a lot of streets that I was that uh, like in my area in Lafayette, three feet, three and a half feet, the shit was like. It was like up there. It was like way past my knees. It wasn't quite to my hips, but it, it was up there. It, it was like if I I can't drop anything on the ground because I'm never getting it back. I was half half ass scared that I was going to slip, fall in and get sucked into the fucking sewers on the side of the thing. Because um, the little sewer drains are obviously going to be a little bit bigger in some of these areas that have like a that have like the end of a slope. Because they're gonna take all the water in anyway, so they might as well make it a little bit bigger. Um, eventually the lift does come, and I have to put. I am past knee deep in the fucking street. It's so fucking flooded, and it's only getting worse. the The guy pops the trunk, and the water is almost in the fucking trunk. Trunk, and I have to throw my shit in right quick. Get in the car. Bring a bunch of water with me. And as soon as I get in, it's one thing turns to another, this stressful ass bus ride. And they got delayed a little bit. I just, I just feeling a little bit, a little bit of stress right now. And it just, I start hearing on that radio, some gospel bullshit. And I think no one, I don't know, unless you're a really Bible thumping, holy roller type, pretty much everyone hates that bullshit. Not for any religious reason, it just seemed like so... There's there's a corny element to fucking gospel radio. Not gospel music. Everyone, I, I don't know anyone who hates gospel music. But I would have loved if I got in that fucking car and was like, Never would have made it. But no, I heard some... Oh, feel the spirit fold through you. Pull down your pants, bend over, and feel all eight inches of God's divine glory. 
right now. Surrender yourself to God's beautiful, peculiar light. I'm going to need you to get on your knees, close your eyes, and feel every inch of Jesus all up in you. Let it spill down your chin onto the flow. And I want you to get every drip of Jesus all up in you. And I'm like, come on. Back it up a little bit, man. Can we tone it down a little bit? Yeah, I can all hopeful. I don't know, something about that made me angry. But I guess looking back on it now, I guess it is kind of humorous. Um, but after a while, I'll finally get back home. And, uh, and yeah. I think like the first... I want to say this too. Dantes perceived me as some sort of like a raging atheist that hates all expressions of Abrahamic religiosity. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. I like religion, um, but I am an atheist. But because atheist just means like a lack of belief. It's not necessarily. It's a certain uh, whatever. There's an affectation with atheism that I don't have that is associated with atheism. But I think let's look at the definition right here. Atheism definition because i look at this other day it's a lack the disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of god or gods yeah i don't have a belief in any gods any existence of gods and at least in the traditional sense and um but i'm not like against religion i wouldn't ban religion if i became like the leader of the country or anything like that um someone's texting me but I got to finish this episode right quick. So I'm going to do that. Um, yeah, the Dante's always perceived a lot of stuff different from what I actually am. Maybe that's a discussion for a different day. Um, anyways, I finally get home. Instead of like stress eating, I relief ate. Like I ate out of finally I'm fucking done. Let me just associate this relief with something good. Let me get some M&Ms, some of this leftovers. But less than 15 minutes of me being home and unwinding, Dantes calls me. And I tell them this whole, at back then it was a 20-minute story. I told it with a lot more vigor and probably even more detail. But I, I was spitting really hard. I was really chugging really hard, and it was a, it was a great twenty minutes. And I wish I had the recording of that phone call, so I just play that here. But I, I the reason it took me so long, damn near an hour, to tell this story because I had to remember, so I had to make such an effort to remember everything that happened uh, on that day, on those days. And hopefully, hopefully you found that little journey uh, entertaining, and hopefully that makes up for the first like thirty minutes of this podcast where I talked about that drama. So. Uh, I guess before I go, I can have some plugs and I'm just going to say your boy needs some milk in particular. I need some milk money and you can help a brother out by checking out the Patreon patreon.com slash always very always. The link is in the description. If you need to check that out uh, with the five dollars here, you get access to all the bonus episodes of the podcast. I think they're two. I think there's two already there. Uh, the one from this Monday, I made it free on the RSS feed to make up for uh, 
it's a sh- as a show of good faith that I'm not here to just fucking I'm not, to make up for the fact that Dantes isn't here, and then I just an adjustment period to how I'm gonna make this show and I'm going to run things from here on out. So uh, I don't think you should suffer just because uh, I can't handle my business and other people can't handle their business. Um, but there's there's two on there that's gonna be going forward. You know, I don't I don't for, I don't see me really unlocking too many Patreon episodes going forward. But um, with ten dollars tier, you can have uh, uh, not only the bonus episodes as before, but there's 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 a two bits every week. There's a Wednesday and a Friday bit. I did two editions of Carol Hoga Weekly News already, and there's uh, a video that I did from a while back. You could check out, and I think from here. For like the next month or so, there's like 10 compliment, compliment, compilations of uh, phone calls and audio recordings that are recorded with Dantes and everyone's consent. And I was I got the consent to upload it beforehand that you could check out some funny stuff on there. The audio quality isn't great because, you know, it's too shitty fucking Walmart phones that are recording on. But I think there's a lot of funny stuff on there. And that'll be coming out, you know, the $10 Patreon, uh, the $10 till come out Wednesday and Friday. You'll get two extra bits a week uh, spanning anywhere between. Uh, it's going to be usually like an hour's worth of content almost. So it's almost like a second bonus episode, but it's like a different dynamic because it's like from years ago. Um, We also have a clip channel. I would subscribe to that. It's called Always Very Clips. And I'll be doing three clips a week on that channel to make the show more accessible and shareable. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I, I, I don't think I might start uploading there this week. But I'm just giving you a preemptive thing. Like that's where the official clip channel will be. So if you have any clips that you like that haven't been uploaded there, you can give me suggestions going forward. Oh, why don't you put this as a clip or whatever? I think I think the date for me uploading clips is October 3rd because I think every month I want to add a new aspect to the podcast. So like October is going to be the month of like having a clip channel. I think November I'm going to get some guests on here. I have I'm targeting three guests and I know for sure I can get at least one of them. And I think they're, we're going to have a lot of fun and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be big for our show. And uh I guess I want to say thank you to all the listeners who made it through all this almost an hour and a half of this stuff. And I, I'm, I'm so uh, I'm happy, so happy that people like actually half ass tolerate me. And uh, I just I just can't appreciate that enough. And I guess I can give special thanks to our one patron as of recording. His name is Alec Moses. Shout out to him. But. He's on the, the $5 tier. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, but I also thank everyone who is uh, sharing this show with your friends and whatnot. Just just thank you. Just all of you, the whole audience, thank you. A million times thank you. Because I think got a little juice. And I think we're, this podcast could go places. So let's fucking do it. We can have a good time doing it. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got for now. Just thank you so much. 
and see you next week, folks.